Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Hi, My Name is Mark podcast. My name is Mark Hoppus, and uh, it's been a few months since uh, we've done one of these podcasts. I think it's probably been about 48 months, maybe 50 months. <laughs> James is here. Hi, James. Hi, Mark. Before I do anything, I want to talk about how much I fucking hate my wife's new chair. <laughs> the one thing. The, the one th- thing we're yeah. not supposed to talk about. The one thing that my wife asked me not to talk about is she bought this new chair, and it was supposed to cost... $4,000 and somehow she bought it for $600 and I think she overpaid by about 10 times. <laughs> it's a walnut Victorian looking weird. It looks like something a like Dr. Seuss kind of James. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. And this thing lives in my bedroom right at the foot of my bed. So not only was I not consulted about this piece of furniture, I don't like it at all. And it's the first thing I look at every morning when I get up now and my wife doesn't care. And may I interject? Yes. It's broken. And it's broken. You can't sit on the thing because one of the legs is broken and it's just a giant waste of everyone's time and life. Okay. So now that we have the hated chair out of the way, please tweet at my wife at Sky Hoppus, S-K-Y-E-H-O-P-P-U-S. <laughs> please, Sky, let's lose the chair. Uh, lots happened since we did our last podcast. Uh, Bank Hub Blink-182 reformed. We recorded an album called Neighborhoods. We toured that. We uh, recorded an EP called Dogs Eating Dogs. We released that. We've toured. We've gone throughout the US, Canada, Europe. I live in London for the past three years. I'm just fresh back to the United States. Um, we're here in the studio with James, back like old times. But James is not the same James 100%. James is more like 98% James. 2% other. On average, I am about five years younger because I have a new heart. Yes. James is the recipient of a heart transplant from a younger man. Uh, tell us about that. Don't ride motorcycles. Is that the is that the takeaway? That's like, it's some crazy statistic. It's something like 40% of, I'm just pulling that number out of my ass, <laughs> by the way. But it's a, a, a high number of organ donors come from motorcycle accidents. That's kind of a bum out. Um, but, uh, not for me, not for you. Yeah. So when was your surgery? <clears throat> it was June 18th of last year. And you're like a new man now. You're the whole demeanor, your whole, uh, energy level, your attitude, your general health just seems phenomenally better. Well, thank you. I, I like to think so. Your beard, by the way, James at this point looks like the hound from game of Thrones <laughs> with his beard and his long hair. Well, Daniel was trying to get that to stick all throughout Europe. Yeah. And it, Jesus seemed to take over <laughs> on tour. Either one, the hound from Game of Thrones, or two, Jesus, our one Lord and Savior. <laughs> um, Chris Holmes, who is not with us. Yes. Also has, there are more Holmeses in the world. Yes. Uh, Chris Holmes, who is also part of the Hi, My Name is Mark podcast, part of the Morning Zoo, has two new children. So that's good. I don't want to get into the specifics you know of how what? this happened. You, you, you want to know why he did it? Why? He wanted to one-up you. <laughs> yes, I only have one kid, and now now uh, Chris has two. Chris Holmes is sitting here flipping you off. I, I know exactly where Chris Holmes is right now. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, so I just moved back to the States. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be back in LA. Got into a whole bunch of work. Obviously, the first thing that people are going to want to know is what the hell is going on with Blink-182. We've been promised an album uh, for a long time. And I can tell you that uh, we were supposed to start recording when we got back from the European tour ending in Reading and Leeds. And since then, uh, Tom has been working on other projects and those other projects uh, took more time than anticipated. And then Tom wants a break from 
work for a while before we start recording the new Blink record. And none of this is an indictment or a laying of blame. This is just the facts uh, as I've been relayed to me. I am 100% ready for Blink-182. I would much rather be doing Blink-182 than anything else in the world. And when the time comes for the album, I am ready to go. Let's be honest. You're a little depressed about the chair too, and that's setting the whole schedule. The chair, back. the chair is the only reason that Blink doesn't have a new album out. It's my despondent loss of hope in humanity because of the chair <laughs> that Blink is not in the studio right now. So Blink One Eighty Two is hopefully in the works. We are nearing a deal uh, with a with a partner. I think we're calling them a partner. They're not uh, strictly a label. They are uh, a little different than that. So we're excited about that. Chris, our good friend, is actually in the studio working on some other projects right now, so nothing and nobody is on hold. So we have probably, I don't know, 16 songs of nothing and nobody in various stages of completion sitting on hard drives waiting for us to dig into that. Uh, What else is going on, James? Oh, James, you and I worked on a track. We did. We did. And if those sons of bitches at CBS ever feel like using... (laughs) I'm sorry. And anyone from CBS that's listening, we love you very much. They are great. We were, I was approached to uh, write a song for a TV show called Stalker. And James and I worked together on a track that is a cover song. So the, the thing that they're doing with Stalkers are taking artists, covering other artists' songs and reinterpreting them in kind of a moody, dark, uh, atmospheric, anxious way. And so we worked on that. That is in the hands of CBS now. And really what we both kind of want out of this, I think we're in agreement is to meet that dreamy Dylan McDermott. Yes. I just want to stare in his eyes, really. If I could just stare into his eyes for a solid 20 seconds, that's all (laughs) I need. No conversation at all. Just sit me down, just stare into those dreamy eyes, and just Dylan McDermott's eyes are like the planet in Interstellar, where one hour in his eyes are like (laughs) seven years Earth time. So, like, really, in in that 20 seconds, you live your whole life. Oh, oh, speaking of Interstellar, um, three-second movie reviews. Interstellar, go. Really awesome. Noisy. Dumb and Dumber 2. 85% as great as the original. Hunger Games. Uh, 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 yeah, I'd say preamble. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, stellar endorsements <laughs> from Mark Hoppus on those three No, movies. I thought that Interstellar was great. I loved everything about it. I thought the science was interesting. I thought that the cinematography was great. I thought the acting was great. I thought the story was cool. Uh, what do you think about uh, the fact that Christopher Nolan intentionally mixed vocals kind of low against the score in some places? And people were kind of complaining about that. Get over it. It's art, people. It's Christopher Nolan's art. If you can't hear... Uh, McConaughey sit there and kind of mumble about you know man space time <laughs> we gotta we gotta go down to that planet and uh, I also did I co-wrote two tracks with a band friends of mine called McBusted out of the UK uh, one of those tracks is available for purchase now it's called Hate Your Guts can we play one? I'll ask we'll find out okay well if we can play one here it is <laughs> Now I'm almost 29 I wish I was 85 It'd be statistically unlikely Give me a life Because I hate your guts And I hate you so much I hope you suffer a small paper cut I hope your boss makes you stay for a half hour more Because I hate your guts And I wish I didn't love you anymore I hate the way you breathe The stupid way you sneeze 
stuck in your teeth The way you steal the sheets When we go to bed As I guess there a hole in the back of your head Because I hate your guts Shit, I hate you so much I hope the battery dies on your phone I hope your favorite TV show fails to record Because I hate your guts And I wish I didn't love you anymore Wish I didn't love you If you wanna date me, you'd be more respected If you were to hate me, there's so many warnings you choose to ignore Because I hate your guts, and I wish I didn't love you anymore I hate your guts! Did we play it? I have no idea, we have to go back and check uh, Another uh, track I wrote with them was called um, Sensitive Guy It's kind of a more ballady song It's it's good. Those guys are rad. And uh, how'd, you, uh, how'd you get hooked up with them? I became friends with Doug through mutual friends. And uh, making friends with a dude is really awkward and strange. Uh, Doug wanted to hang out. We went like out to lunch with a mutual friend. Everything was cool. And then Doug's like, hey, let's hang out sometime. And I'm like, sure. But I don't really ever like hang out too much. I, I like I'm in a studio or I'm working or, or something like that. And so just to go out one-on-one with another person that I don't really know who's also a man was just so fucking awkward. You know they made a documentary about that. Really? It's called I Love You Man. (laughs) So actually what we actually did, God, it's so embarrassing. What we did was we went on a London duck boat tour, which which (laughs) you get on this duck boat at the London Eye and you travel and you see like the the Globe Theater and the Tate Modern and the Tower London and, and the Tower Bridge and all this stuff. And then... You walk around and then you go, I don't know, let's get some coffee or something. Just so weird. But he ended up being becoming a really good friend. And, and I made friends with Tom and their band and all their band is super cool. So they asked if I'd co-write with them and I did. Awesome. And then what else? Oh, I sang on an all-time low song. All right, all right. So a uh, track called Tidal Waves, which is really cool and will hopefully be on their record. Hopefully they don't cut me entirely. I don't think they will. It's possible. Knowing how you feel about Dylan McDermott. <laughs> Nobody's cutting me at all. You're you're kind of a sports guy Oh, by now. the way, since moving back, yes, yeah, sports. I've gotten really into fantasy football. Uh, in my league, I am 8-3. and three. It's the first time I've ever played fantasy football, and I am tied for first place with a player who has completely, completely earned the first place spot and is also just happens to be a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> And it's easy to laugh about it, but she picks great players and positions them to win. Yeah, I'm a grown man with full access to the internet, and I know football. I have a friend named Rob Fee, who's a comedian on Twitter, and we we discuss fantasy football, and I'll send him, like, what do you think about this lineup, and he'll tweak, and everything else. And I think my opponent, this 13-year-old girl, just goes with her gut and her actual knowledge. She's really impressive. Formidable foe. I will say that. (laughs) Um, so are you still following uh, 
the uh, the real man's football. Yes, and my other team, Chelsea Football Club, far, far out in first place. I think they're four points right now above Southampton and like 11 points uh, ahead of the third place team. Was that the team that got bought by the Russian guy? Chelsea? Yeah. Chelsea, yes. Chelsea is owned by Roman Abramovich. So what about Australian rules football? <laughs> Please. We're, ta- <laughs> we're talking sports here, man. Come on. I don't know. We're not, we're not talking curling. I don't know what is Australian rules football. I have no idea. It's probably oh, those, they got those are just the guys that laugh at Americans for wearing pads. Right. Well, there's rugby in the UK also. Yeah, I'm assuming it's pretty similar to rugby. Yeah, but rugby doesn't stop. They're really trying hard to get the NFL to take in the UK. They're they're putting a lot of money into it. They're I yeah, think they send they do games in yeah the they have games. Um, yeah. Speaking to the NFL in uh, in England. Uh, I'm going to tell a joke that I'm going to pretend was mine, but I read somewhere else. Okay. Uh, so if the NFL puts a team in London, they should have to be called the Redcoats and be forced to play the Patriots every year. <laughs> Interesting. Still still a contentious battle these 200 <laughs> whatever years later. Uh, I want to change gears entirely and talk about the band who we're about to interview. This is a band that was... Um, let me set the stage. I was hosting the AP Awards in Cleveland, Ohio, and I was downstairs at the hotel drinking coffee, and Chad from Newfound Glory comes down, and with him is the singer from Yellow Card, whose name escapes me right now, and I apologize for that. They came downstairs so that they could set up and play Magic the Gathering, which they are super into. And so I start talking to Chad, and I say, hey, do you have any new bands that I need to check out? And he said, yes, you should really check out this band called Hop Along. They have a, a song called Tibetan Rock Stars. You should really check it out. And so the next day I was flying home. I checked out the song. It's, it's a great song. Uh, the album's great. It's very strange. It's, it's nothing like you would suspect would be really catchy and cool. It's, ve- it's almost like grunge folk. It's very, sometimes it's very loud. It's very dynamic. There's a lot of strange guitar things, but they're underneath. There's like a really catchy, poppy element to it that you wouldn't expect. I'm really, really taking your word on this one right now. <laughs> they're from Philadelphia. Hop Along, the band is from Philadelphia. Uh, and the thing is that this is not brand new music. Their album came out two years ago. So it's brand new to me. I just learned about it probably four months ago. Uh, but it's not new. But I don't think that a lot of people know who they are. I think that they haven't necessarily gotten the shine that they deserved on this last record. And they are in the studio writing their second album right now. Awesome. So are we going to uh, talk to them? All right, let's call Hop Along. They are in the studio right now. Uh, the contact that I have, who I've been texting with, is Mark. Mark Quinlan, he is the drummer and the brother of the lead singer, Francis. I'll give you 10 bucks if he answers the phone saying, hi, my name is Mark. (laughs) That'd be great. If I'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. Okay, on the phone now, we have Hopalong. Hello, Hopalong. Hello. Hello. You guys are in the studio recording your second full-length album. Where, what studio are you at? Where are you? We're at Headroom Studio in Philadelphia. Oh, I thought the Headroom was totally like re revamping, reconstructing themselves, moving somewhere else. Oh, yeah. They, they used to be in a warehouse um, like down the street and then they got in this like nice building. Oh, so you live in the posh life now in the new Headroom. Exactly. Yep. 
So the first album you guys recorded over the course of two years at the same, at the, I guess, at the old place. Uh, is this going to be a much more succinct recording process? Or you guys have a batch of songs that are ready to go? Or is this going to be more piecemeal like the last one? This is like the fastest we've ever recorded anything, ever. How long have you been in the studio so far? Uh, a week. Yeah, about a week. And how long do you expect to be there? Yeah, we're scheduled to be finished mixing on the 12th of December. So we're, you know, we're tracking all the way up until the, we're finishing on the 4th, and then the 5th we start mixing. And are you still recording with your same engineer that you used on the first album? No, that was actually Joe, uh, who plays guitar in our, our band now. Okay. Awesome producer. He actually did that recent Joyce Manor album. But uh, we just thought it would be a lot less stressful to have somebody outside the band record it. Is that what you told Joe? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he uh, necessarily would want to play guitar and then also run into the other room and hit record and then run back in. Right. Makes his life easier. And to have like, an outside pair of ears with a whole different like experience, uh, behind him and, and, and you know being experienced with the band he's, he's recorded before it's been really informative and great to have John Signella with us your songs are so different from one another and the sounds are so different from one another on each song. Some songs have really strong electric guitar some have clean electric guitar some are acoustic guitar played very uh, gently and pretty. Sometimes the acoustic guitar is being bashed apart. How do you decide which sounds are going to go into which songs? Um, that that last record, um, because it took so long, it gave me a lot of time to really think about. You know, when I when I wrote a lot of those songs, um, the kind of feel I wanted them to have and like environment, like texture. I don't know. It was like that album was like a collage, kind of. I mean, we just like came in and and if somebody, I, I literally had an idea of like putting steel drums on like one song, right? And another idea of like you know putting like a big plank on the floor and having our friends put on like huge work boots and stomp on the plank and uh, running around the warehouse with like a tape recorder just to get sounds from like toy organs and stuff like that. So it just like gave us we had so much room to create a space. The steel guitars are in Young and Happy, right? Yeah, the steel drum is on Young and Happy. Yeah, steel drums, I mean. And which song is the plank one? No good, Aljo. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to describe the sound of your music to somebody, and the best that I could come up with is uh, grunge folk. Is that anywhere close to what you would feel comfortable being described as? I'm fine with that. That sounds all right. That's pretty cool. What do do most people say? I usually cop out and say alternative. I like alternative. (laughs) Okay. Um, We do get occasionally but that's becoming more and more really not applicable to us at this point because we do so much I don't know I guess even the songwriting hasn't, doesn't really have as much of a folk aspect to it anymore it's a lot more angular angular in which way? lyrically I can see them drawing parallels like, kind of like more like the strokes you know like trying to I don't know like we'll try to be a little more I don't know like sing-alongable or we just recorded electric guitar today oh, okay that's very accessible Exactly. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the lyrics a little bit. Francis, do you write the lyrics? Yeah. They're very, very specific, like autobiographical, very specific incidences. You know, uh, Jose pushed me on the swing or like very specific moments in, in time. But do you write that way intentionally? Um, when I was a lot younger, I would write like broader songs and try to say like really big things. But the thing was, like, I didn't 
have any of those experiences. So, so everything I wrote was really vague, and I don't think I really got what I was trying to talk about because I just wasn't experienced. So in the past, like, I don't know, five years, I've tried to, like, lyrically draw directly from, like, somebody's experience. It's not always mine. It's, you know, often, like, people close to me, um, stories from friends. Uh, or just events I read about, but I try to stay specific and, you know, because I feel like that's where there can be more content because it's just better described than me trying to imagine something. Well, one thing that I thought was really cool is that even though you're talking about very specific autobiographical or maybe somebody else's experiences, that it also has these grand themes of like truth and beauty and being young and happy and largely relatable overarching themes but on a very specific personal level would you say that's right sure yeah i mean you know i guess i get impatient also to like make a point (laughs) at the same time i'm trying to like thoughtfully describe something or create you know again like create a space and do you write lyrics to a song or do you have lyrics that you have already written and then you match them with a song i think i always wrote lyrics and melody kind of simultaneously um but the lyrics would always shape themselves faster than the melody. But now we have songs that were one thing and now they're completely something else. The lyrics are the same, but the melodies change. Everything seems to be kind of evolving all at once now, which is really exciting. I mean, the arrangement, I think, is just as important as lyrical content at this point. So is is a song like Tibetan Rockstars, is that autobiographical or is that you reading something and, and writing about an imagined story? Tibetan pop stars is about a friend of mine who, um, she, like, went to India for six months alone, but I was going crazy over, like, the sky, and she was writing me emails and, like, trying to help me out, but she was, you know, miles and miles away, and I was doing that on myself and feeling like an idiot, especially because she's such a strong woman, and I just, I don't know, I just ended up writing something about her. In 2013, Philadelphia City Paper named you as the Artist of the Year. What did you guys spend all of your winnings on? (laughs) Pie. (laughs) Haircut. Now, Francis, when this was your solo project, it was called Hopalong Queen Ansley? Ansley, yeah. And I tried to Google the queen, and I couldn't find any queen. What what is the story behind this queen? I was 18 years old and trying to be clever. I wanted to have a name that was a character. Like, I didn't want to just use my name. And I was at my cousin's house, and they had, like, you know acres of land and there's all these like Queen Anne's Lace plants so I just took that and misspelled it. Queen Anne's Lace got it. Genius. Now just last month you guys signed a deal with uh, Saddle Creek Records Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, How much has the you guys are total sellouts backlash hurt your uh, hurt your self image? You know my mom will return my calls Does she not think you're indie enough now? (laughs) Uh, And one thing I don't want to drive a wedge between you guys and your new label when you're forming this new relationship, but you guys aren't even listed on their Wikipedia page. Wow. <laughs> so I don't know who at Saddle Creek you need to, you need to yell out, but, uh, but you're not on their Wikipedia page. I'm going to call Connor as soon as I get off. You get off I don't want him coming after me, but yeah, I, I think that somebody needs to get yelled at. <laughs> now I, I was, Informed of your band by Chad from Newfound Glory, who also turned me on to bands like Saves the Day, like, you know, whatever, 10 years ago, and has turned me on to a bunch of cool bands over the years. How do you guys know Chad? Chad, uh, it's actually a slightly funny story. I got an email 
that was just like, hey, this is Chad. And my wife was, like, standing over my shoulder. She's like, ha-ha, like, Chad from NFT. But, like, I looked up at her with, like, my mouth open. She was like, wait, what? And the email was just, like, saying how he loved the band and he'd love to get in touch. And I sent him my phone number, and since then we just text back and forth, and he's a really great guy. And we were playing in L.A., and I looked down in the crowd, and there's this huge guy, like, sticking his finger up in the air and, like, singing the lyrics, and it was Chad. And I, like, almost, I got, like, weak knees. It was crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what are the new bands that you think that people need to know about? I wish people would give Diarrhea Planet more of a chance and not dismiss them just as their name. Diarrhea Planet? Bad band name. Good band. <laughs> Great band. Okay, we'll check them out. Uh, my last two questions are probably the most, two most important of the interview. Number one, what do you guys eat at the studio? Um, well, Pizza Brain sent us like some free pizza. That was dope. We had a bunch of pizza. Um, some sandwiches have kind of been the uh, theme and we had uh, spa soup the other day which is cool you guys get free pizza we did like the one, one time one time yeah I mean I have never in my life gotten free pizza are you serious yeah no I haven't, I haven't gotten free pizza I find that a little hard to believe <laughs> uh, and finally living in Philadelphia how huge of Eagles fans are you mm. do you not partake of the American football I like yelling at the TV and drinking there you go. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. I can't wait to hear the new album. You guys are awesome. You guys are doing such inventive, cool, new, out there stuff that please just just keep blowing everybody away. You guys, I really appreciate it. And Mark, I'll definitely keep in touch. Yeah, it's great. Thanks, Mark. Cool, you guys. Thanks. So, yeah, hop along from Philadelphia. Okay, well, we talked about Tibetan rock stars, so I'll play that.
I really expected them to really embrace the Eagles a little bit more. Well, he did say drinking and yelling at the TV. So it's kind of the same thing. Kind of the same thing. Oh, and uh, before we go, if you want to see photos of my wife's ugly chair, a picture of James with a beard that looks like the Hound from Game of Thrones, a link to the American Heart Association where you can find out about uh, heart health and transplants and things like that, photos from the studio with all-time low, or photos from my awkward mandate with Doug from uh, McBusted, you can go to HiMyNameIsMark.com and click, and click on the section marked Blog. And I think that pretty much does it for us. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening to our first podcast back after a five to eight year hiatus. And uh, yeah, everyone have a happy Thanksgiving and we'll see you next time.